0: Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson and this is the Influence Watch Podcast. In this episode, we look away from the White House and at the risk of taking a move on approach, examine three labor stories. Democrats advancing the most radical expansion of union power since 1935 to the floor of the House of Representatives. Controversy rocking a unionization campaign at the Arizona Republic newspaper. And the Labor Department marking 60 years of combating union corruption with a powerful piece of transparency legislation. On Wednesday on a party line vote, the House Education and Labor Committee voted to advance the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, PRO Act for short, to the floor of the House of Representatives. The legislation would be the most radical expansion of the power of institutional labor unions over the private economy and the American worker since before the Second World War. If you remember the card check bill of the late 2000s that died in Congress during the Obama administration, you might be wondering how the PRO Act could possibly be worse. Well, it is. First, the PRO Act would repeal all state-level right-to-work laws, which permit workers forced to accept union representation against their will not to pay for the help they do not want. Second, the PRO Act would give the SEIU a gift, one estimate valued at potentially $100 million per year. The SEIU has sought to make branding companies joint employers with the restaurants they franchise, easing unionization of chain restaurants. The PRO Act would codify Obama-era labor board rules that would do this. Third, the PRO Act would codify another Obama-era labor board rule that compelled employers to hand over employees' private contact information, personal cell phone numbers and private email addresses, to union organizers, with no option for employees to keep that information private. But maybe that's not so bad. It's just forced unionism, a fundamental rewrite of American small business management and invasion of worker privacy. Can't possibly be worse, but you'd be wrong. Perhaps the worst provision of the bill, the one most likely to expand union coercion and disruptive strikes, is the PRO Act's repeal of long-standing regulations banning so-called secondary strikes and secondary boycotts. In short, a secondary strike or boycott is an action by a labor union in a dispute with one employer against a different employer that does business with the disputed employer. Getting rid of the secondary boycott prohibition vastly increases the power of unions to disrupt commerce and economic life. In 1946, the economy was crippled by a massive strike wave, prompting bipartisan efforts to rein in the then-leashless labor unions. But maybe at least the bill doesn't bring back card check and allows secret ballots to unionize. Except the law would allow the Labor Board to deem a union organized if an employer could not affirmatively prove, guilty until proven innocent, that it hadn't interfered in the election. This amounts to card check by stealth. To make matters worse, the PRO Act would prevent employers from talking to employees about the potential consequences of unionization at all, meaning all the employees would hear are union campaign promises that aren't enforceable. And just in case those two advantages weren't enough, the PRO Act would codify the Obama-era labor board rule shortening the period between the submission of a union petition and the union vote to as little as 10 days. In short, the PRO Act is nothing more than a handout to big labor. That shouldn't be surprising. In addition to being one of the foundational pillars of institutional left progressivism, labor unions are strong political supporters of House Democrats. All the Democrats on the Education and Labor Committee Bar 2, one of whom is a non-voting delegate from the Northern Mariana Islands, have taken SEIU campaign contributions. As House Democrats seek to expand union power, media company Gannett, perhaps best known as the owner of USA Today and some other newspapers, is facing a unionization campaign. Reporters at the Arizona Republic have filed for a unionization election to join the News Guild, a division of the far-left Communication Workers of America. The potential difficulty of a union in the newsroom led to at least one amusing incongruity. The News Guild alleged that Peter Batia, editor of the left-leaning and unionized Gannett paper Detroit Free Press, had flown to Arizona to, quote, discourage the union effort. Of course, it's not publicly known what Batia actually told Republic employees. A union might call purely factual information on the actual implications of a unionized workplace discouraging. As for the union the Republic journalists are considering joining, it's very political and very left-wing, even by union standards. In 2016, CWA was one of the few organized left progressive groups to formally endorse the presidential campaign of self-described democratic socialist U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. In 2013, the social democratic magazine Mother Jones reported that CWA was involved in the Democracy Initiative a coalition billed by Mojo as, quote, the massive new liberal plan to remake American politics. CWA has founded a number of liberal and far-left groups, including the Center for Popular Democracy, the think tank Demos, MoveOn.org, Progressive Congress, and the Working Families Party. And in our final item, the Department of Labor is honoring two men who helped combat union corruption and labor racketeering 60 years on from a major legislative achievement. The Labor Department inducted former U.S. Senator Robert P. Griffin and former member of the National Labor Relations Board Howard Jenkins, Jr. into its Hall of Honor, specifically citing both men's roles in the passage of the Labor Management Reporting and Disclosure Act of 1959, also known as the Landrum-Griffin Act, signed by President Dwight Eisenhower 60 years ago this month. It's worth recalling the environment that birthed the Landrum-Griffin Act. The U.S. Senate had established the Rackets Committee in 1957 to investigate allegations of corruption within the labor movement. The committee's investigation contributed to the downfall of Teamsters Union President Dave Beck for embezzlement and tax offenses and implicated Beck's successor, the infamous Jimmy Hoffa, in racketeering activities. The exposure of the scale of labor racketeering by the Rackets Committee led a bipartisan Congress, with involvement from liberal Democrats like then-Senator John F. Kennedy, conservative Republicans like Senator Griffin, conservative Democrats like bill co-sponsor Representative Phil Landrum, and liberal Republicans like Senator Thomas Kuchel to adopt a major reform package that secured a Bill of Rights guaranteeing union members basic guarantees of democratic process in their union governance, requiring unions to file public financial reports to ensure transparency in spending, and barring some of the most coercive union organizing and negotiation tactics. Jenkins, later the head of the Bureau at the Department of Labor that enforced the LMRDA and the first African-American appointed to the National Labor Relations Board by President John Kennedy, was a staffer in the Department of Labor credited with helping draft the legislation. Griffin, then a representative in the House co-sponsor of the legislation, was later elected U.S. Senator from Michigan and served on the Michigan Supreme Court. As a senator, Griffin became Republican whip and was perhaps most notable for his involvement in encouraging President Rick- Richard Nixon to resign during the Watergate scandal. Griffin and Jenkins take their place among, quote, "...those Americans whose distinctive contributions to the field of labor have enhanced the quality of life of millions, Joining union leaders like Samuel Gompers and George Meany, industrialists like Adolphus Bush and Henry J. Kaiser, and last year's inductee, a former president of the Screen Actors Guild named Ronald Reagan. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.